All right. Well, welcome to the second half of Laura Johnson's interview. I hope you enjoyed the first half. I know I did. The first half, we got to really get to know more about Laura's history, her injury history, her running history, really what has led her to today and what she's doing now. And the second half, I'm so excited for you guys to get to listen. I know I'm personally, this is my favorite part because we get to dig into things like yoga and meditation, doing the inner work, mindfulness, and how we can relate this to running and how Laura has related this to running and really how Laura has taken her past and maybe not as um, a less healthy relationship with running and turned it into a healthy relationship with running and the mindset that comes along with that. Um, Super excited for you guys to get to listen to this one and I hope you'd have a bunch of takeaways from this. So let's dig in. So one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. One thing that, I guess I'll just say that that's something that has supported me, being able to let things unfold naturally and allow, and same with running, and same with racing. So as I step back mm-hmm. into a little bit more, um, in the last couple of years, I, I'd say I always popped into like holiday races, and I found <laughs> that, or like, you know, just let, I, I found myself choosing less stressful and um, less competitive races. Yeah on the most part, for the most part, kind of hard in Boulder. Sometimes there's a lot of <laughs> it's competitive, but, um, I found a new joy to it because I wasn't focusing so much on the time. Right. And I know some friends out there who, who, especially those who've been very successful, like, um, Olympic trial, like placing high up at the trials, but then getting injured and kind of falling out of running, not being able to get back into races because they don't want to have that time on their, like a slower time on their record. And I felt <laughs> this amazing gratitude. Um, in realizing that, oh, I, I have worked through that enough. If I had, I think I had some degree of that at, at a certain point. Um, but, uh, or maybe I didn't have the, quite the accolades that it wasn't as hard. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, um, I found that, oh, I, you know, like training less and then being able to race at a decent level for what I was doing, which was a lot less than I had been doing, felt right. really satisfying still. And the yeah. com- kind of knowing what I was going out there for, oh, community, experiencing this race, seeing how it goes. If I take in these things, I've been training differently, my mindset, my, uh, some breath work, being present during a race Yeah, um, and how it actually influenced my racing. It doesn't mean my times were necessarily faster, but the experience was in the experience of it so much more and less because of the competitiveness with someone yeah. or like the time that I'm going to get at the end that was still there. Cause I'm still, so I think it's still in me. It was a long time of that, right. but a lot more also a lot more ability to come back into myself during a hard race up during mile two point seven of a 5k, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and knowing kind of coming back to this place in myself. And that's something I realized I wish I'd known sooner because when I look back on, um, to my twenties and those years where I was racing hard, I, I feel that the, my emphasis, my attention was always on out there on the competition, right. Yeah. Out there looking yep. at other people, comparing myself to other people and my own race time. But when I brought the attention, which is what meditation and inner work and inquiry work um, has taught me to do, um, even during a race or even during a run, I can bring my attention and awareness back into my breath and to my posture, into rhythm. And it brought a whole new experience to, to it, even racing at a fast pace. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's that, a degree of calmness that needs to come with racing to really do 
your best too. Like, you know, like to really get in the zone, you actually have to become more, you know, more less stressed to yeah. settle into it. <laughs> yeah. More embodied, more, um, present. And that's, that's transformed. And I even had some pretty fun, fast races in the last year becoming from awesome. a different place and feeling a lot less pressured that I have to keep up with everything. That's a, personally, that's a thing I notice. Um, that's a trend for me feeling this need to keep up with like everything, but that's, right. that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> exhausting. And so I've had to come and I keep having to come to terms with that and notice that and recognize it and, um, use the practices and tools that help. Yeah. Help and to be able to show up at a race and be like, I know I'm not at my fastest, but that's okay. And not feeling, yeah, not feeling that, that pressure and being okay with it. And you know, being, it sounds like even more happy than when you were in a very competitive shape, you know? Yeah, maybe. Cause then it's, it's more chance for camaraderie, like true camaraderie and, um, and noticing everything that's going on rather than getting caught up in one thing yeah. or, um, or even what might've come to, again, say this in a, it's a little embarrassing or and humbling to say like a more elitist mentality Right. I got. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather get to connect to more people than somehow be above them, if that makes sense. Right. No, exactly. I don't want to be there. I'd rather be along with a lot of people who um, resonate with. I like it. That's been fun over the last year or so is, um, I, well, I, I, oh, that's where I was going with life unfolding and allowing. So, oh yes. (laughs) That just have taken place seemingly on their own, you know, like when you're, when you're, your eyes are open to opportunity and you kind of take it when it feels right or find out. And then it feels right. You go forward. If it doesn't, you maybe you don't. Um, but I, I, um, well in, in my PT practice, I was looking to start maybe something like a mindful running group or something like how do we support people in this mindset? That's a little more relaxed around running. And I stumbled on someone who was already doing that. And then I was like, Oh darn, they're already in Boulder. And then I reached out and then, um, a year and a half later, I'm great friends with a couple of people who I've been running with on Sundays who are, who are a little older than me, but we're also high level runners and went through yeah. a transition. And, um, they've been hosting running with the mind and meditation retreats for gosh, 10 plus years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Into getting to be a yoga instructor and sometimes a meditation instructor during those. So yeah, I myself stepping into yoga teacher training last year to do anatomy for awesome. yoga teachers. Te- um, getting to co-host some of these retreats that include running and meditation, and it's actually a really cool combination. I think to, it's awesome. You know when you, um, there's a it's based upon the book by a Buddhist monk, um, and it's called Running with the Mind and Meditation, which I had read and stumbled upon before I met this group, so it really appealed to me. Yeah. But one thing I like that he said, if I can remember it correctly, is how um, well one thing I recognize is this author, the monk, um, the Buddhist anyway, he had been meditating his whole life and picked up running and found this interesting connection where now it's like body focus. Um, instead of focusing your mind and I've been running my whole life and was coming into meditation and it was like I've been training my body my whole life but now I'm learning to train my mind Train your mind yeah Yeah. and the combination can be really beautiful and um the concept of meditation I'm you've all probably been out there running where you get into this rhythm and right you just start to notice your surroundings especially if you're in nature and not so much on roads where you know, it's, or the, or the sunrise or sunset or whatever is going on. Yeah. That's just, that's it. You know, being able to notice and become aware of that. And the the combination of those things is really beautiful. Yeah. I love it. And I feel uh, we could probably get you back on here and go into like even more techniques and stuff like that, I think would be really cool. But any like, you know, beginner, I guess you mentioned the book um, and you mentioned you have your retreats and and whatnot, any beginner, like, you know, resources or tips you have for anyone that is looking to get into more of like, you know, the, you know, meditation, mindfulness side of things in general, or? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. There's a lot, oh, there are a lot of, but I guess I would say it depends on what, what uh, where you want to start and what okay. level. A lot of great books I'm always reading, um, 
a lot of nonfiction in particular. Um, I currently have, a, I'm not sure when this will kind of go public, but I, I currently am developing some running related programming around um, breath work that relates to posture, that relates to mindset and um, rhythmic breathing. And some of these things that can help be more in this meditative zone while running or vice versa. Right. Um, and, um, and then currently I'm also, I have an online group going where I do uh, guided meditations, mobility work and um, intentional strength and length um, training. Yeah. And I'm in it right now. I was like, that sounds just up my, I want to learn more about meditation and yoga and all that stuff. I was like, I want to be in it. <laughs> One thing I'll awesome. say, that's awesome. One thing I'll say about meditation, especially if you're new to it, because when I was new to it, um, uh, it felt like I, I couldn't even sit still for three minutes. I was like, what do you, what do you and I had a lot of, I think I had a lot of resistance to that. And I didn't want people to think I was out there. I had a lot of like mental ideas about it. Right. So one time I was at this, um, this retreat, like a yoga retreat. So, but I went to this talk and this, um, Senator was there and he's like, meditation isn't out there. It's not out on a limb. It's, it, you know, it's as simple as sitting quietly. But what happens when we sit quietly is we start to notice, you start to notice how busy your mind is typically all the time. So we learn, you learn meditation, not by talking about it as much as by doing it and doing practicing it. it. Um, there's some really good apps out there like Insight, Timer, and Calm app, um, and I've, I've really loved uh, the group. I mean, we're help, having teachings in groups is also very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, because there's a collectiveness in a group that allows for a greater ease and instruction too. So getting guidance and instruction in some way, shape, or form. So there are apps out there. There are lots of different kinds of meditations or teachings. Yoga is one form. I think, um, one way in, but anything that allows you to become more present, present, meaning your mind is now located where your body is <laughs> because our mind, your mind tends to, our minds tend to be caught up in what's going to happen in the future, planning right. for the future or memories of the past. And then taking those memories of the past and projecting onto a future. But if we can come back to even as simple as your breath or your feet yeah. on the floor, especially during this time of, um, more chaos and crisis feeling right now, just pushing your feet into the ground and feeling your seat on your chair. Um, something simple as that can be really helpful. You can do that anywhere at any time. And then um, you can simply be quiet and bring your attention back to that. And one other quick tip about meditation in general is your mind will, thoughts will enter. It's really <laughs> natural for that to happen. So it's not, the purpose is not to, um, stop your mind that will come naturally with practice. And yeah. sometimes not, sometimes my mind's so all over the place. I'm just like, Whoa, I can't, it's going, but in the practice, just like running training, it's, it's a great metaphor. Just like running training, you things become with, come with more ease, right? Like three miles when you're off an injury feels like a lot. And then it right. doesn't feel like anything at all. Or, um, then, you know, 10 minutes at first probably feels like a lot. Right. And then over time, it um, doesn't feel like much at all. It's really just, um, there are lots of different kinds of meditation out there. I, I've um, been most familiar with, uh, and I've been teaching a lot of different kinds in the group, um, just because it's good to have some variety, um, yeah. but focused attention, because then we can, it allows us to focus our attention when we're not doing it. So focusing your attention on your breath or on a center of your body or on your feet, um, while not doing anything is much yeah. easier than doing that while we're going about the day and doing things. But what right. happened in my experience, what happened with more experience and more consistency with meditation is that started to bleed that presence, that ability to come back to myself and not so much in my mind started to bleed over into the rest of my day, particularly when I was working with patients, because I'm a little more in a flow state then anyway, I'm really familiar yeah. and comfortable with what I'm doing there, but I could more easily um, come into that while I was working with someone. Could, yeah, kind of. to something like figuring out Facebook online groups or something like that. Right, right. No, I love it. <laughs> so I hope oh that makes sense. So some tips no. for meditation, just sim simplicity, knowing that the goal doesn't have to be, you know, stopping your yeah. mind. Really noticing, noticing what's happening and allowing what's there and anything and everything 
that's there is allowed. And yeah. anything happening in your life is allowed. The, the main, um, the main key is to notice and to become aware. And in the yeah. awareness, you shifts begin to occur in yeah. you and in your life without your having to try to do it. That was a really big one for me because <laughs> I wanted to do right and try. I have to work hard. Yep. Um, without your having to try to do anything, you're stepping back to allow what's here to be here. Allow right. awareness to be here. Mm-hmm. Allow whatever happens in the race to happen. Yeah. I like how it, yeah, relates, how you can relate meditation to life to, like you said, when you're working to trying to set up this Facebook group, like, you know, you can kind of relate them all and intertwine them. And uh, I think you gave some really good tips, especially for beginners, you know, and just making it very relatable. Like you weren't able to sit still at first. And, you know, even if it's three minutes that you start out with and, and just allow, like you said, just allow what happens, happens. If your mind's going all over, not trying to control, like really control that. And, oh, I fail. Like, just that's normal. Keep going. Um, I think those are some really good tips and like, you know, the hesitations people have to starting meditation. Cause I know for me, it's definitely helped a lot to do, um, meditation. And you know, that's why I'm in your group. I was like, I want to learn more. I just, I I use apps, but it'd be fun to learn more about it. So, and to have some just doing it, you know, just, just the practice of doing it. I think. Right. Um, One other thing popped into my mind. Oh, right. So our tendency is to want to judge or feel like a failure for quote, not doing it right. And just, have a bit more of a sense of curiosity and um, non-judgment. So you start to notice the thoughts, you generally bring yourself back to your focus. Yeah. Um, that itself is the practice. That itself is the point. The more off, the more times you uh, notice and bring yourself back, well, that is it. That's like going, the, it's like being consistent with your run yeah. every day that you that's the training that's yeah. the practice so you want to notice that and it's just the noticing and that's right. it yeah, yeah. no and I then um oh, and the other point i was thinking of is um that's precisely why i kind of renamed my physical therapy practice yellow brick physical therapy because that story the wizard of oz story is a metaphor for the journey and i see running training um and healing from an injury and life all as just that the journey. And it's about what happens along the way on that journey. That is the transformation. That right. is the important, the important piece or pieces that transform you into a better, uh, more substantial version of yourself, more true version of yourself. Yeah. That's what I hope for people out there. I hope for you, I hope for, everyone, I hope everyone goes for that quote goal of becoming, stepping into your truest self. Yep. Which has nothing to do with how fast you run a race. Yeah, no, exactly. It's about, it it, totally, no, it's true. I just, I got done with an indoor track season recently and it's like, it's not about the times or whatnot. It's about the journey and yeah, who I got to meet along the way and what it's done in my life. So I love it. I love that, that name. Oh, thank you. And you have to minimize the, the race times or the accomplishments, right? right? That is part of the journey. And getting to feel that, um, you know, working towards something and seeing the um, results, like that's beneficial too. It's, yeah. As long as we don't, hmm, let's see, get caught up in that being the only meaning. Like we are only are worthy if we complete or accomplish X, Y, Z. I think that's the, the key I think that's a fine line to watch out for if you're getting more and more, you know, serious or competitive. With right. Running. No, for I sure. Because I, I think my, my core basis as a runner was I loved all the things that I got from it. The fitness, the, the friends, the camaraderie, the process, the training, the, you know, results, all of it. <clears throat> and, and the people I, especially the people I met along the way, places I got right. to go. Um, right. But I, at some point, crossed crossed a, the, a fine line of like um, losing some sense of that just pure joy for doing it for its own sake. And I right. will exactly. humbly Amazing. appreciate injuries for always bringing me back to that. Yes. Just appreciate for running sake yes. once you're back out there. Yes. Yeah. So where is now that you've kind of had this, you know, new side of yourself as an athlete and discovering, you know, this, you know, meditation and being more mindful and what, what's next for you in your, your running journey, life journey, whatever you want to call it. Like, are, 
is there, you know, is there more competition in the future or is it just kind of taking life, you know, where it goes along, you know, the yellow brick road or where, where, what's next for you? That's a good question. Um, last year I actually was in yoga teacher training and realized I still had this big goal of making the trials and as you know, 2020 trials were a year away. I was like, yeah. what if it's still possible? What if I try? What if I hold it loosely? Can I, can I do this? Can I take what I've learned and also step back into that place? And I, and I, and I did, I started training and, and hit a point I was telling you earlier where, um, I don't know if it was like a physical response related to my history or what, but I hit a point where I was like, if I can't, get that goal. I don't want to one hurt myself trying. And I also don't want to, I just didn't feel like going for a 20 mile run on trails, which takes longer than right. by myself. And I just noticed that in myself and I kind of just, uh, so that, that was an interesting shift. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I think it was another step for me in letting go of, of that goal that somehow meant something from, from back to 2008. Like that was a right. critical and yeah. that's, uh, and that's something I've had to see along the way and, and look at and look for and go, why did that happen? And little layers continue to be uncovered. Yeah. Um, but now I, I was planning on doing some local races and, and last year I also did uh, like a trail race, maybe my first actual kind of competitive trail race after yeah. doing some more on trails. So that was fun. And I guess I'm, one thing I'm finding for myself right now, interestingly, and I don't know if I'm just telling myself this to feel better or not, but <laughs> to be honest, um, I've discovered how satisfying it is for me to help other people um, make uh, their own transformation, whatever that looks like. So in the clinic okay. with patients or um, with other people I work with in my online groups or things like that. But it's really satisfying for me to be along their journey with them. Right. And I think that's becoming a more significant and important um, what focus for me than my own training. Yeah. As much as I love, uh, love that, I don't have the same pull as I used to. Yeah. So I think that at least, for, and then during this really unknown time, I've been going out right. for runs. I enjoy that. <laughs> and I really love running and taking pictures. I really... Um, especially in Boulder, we have a lot of good yeah. photo ops in nature. Yep. Um, so yeah, you know what? I'm not really sure. I'm not really yeah. sure. I have a different relationship with goals. I, I had to step away from goals for a while because I felt like, especially as a PT, we have, our profession is very goal oriented. Smart goals yeah. are a big yeah. thing. Um, I had to reorient my definition of goals. And, and sometimes for me, goals had me, would get me so motivated. I would work towards that without maybe with tunnel vision. Yeah. And without. so, um, I like the idea of taking an aim, like your, you know, arrow is being pointed in a certain direction. You don't quite know what it's going to land on. Yeah. Um, not that you don't have some idea what you would like to go toward, yeah. but that's kind of where, I guess that's a big answer, but yeah, I don't have a big, um, that's okay. Big, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to not need an, uh, an accomplishment, but right. as we were talking early, a few months ago, I was like, oh, it'd be super fun to get on the track again. It wouldn't have as much uh, speed can be dangerous for your body. I'm a little bit older now too. Right. Um, but it also, you don't also don't need as much volume and All you can miles. Feel a little bit more, um, a little bit more what's, uh, controlled about it. Yeah. So, it doesn't take up as much as your, your day and stuff too. So right. that's, why I, that's why I like it. That's why I'm doing it right now. So, <laughs> yeah. So that might, I might, I think I'd enjoy that, especially as I embark upon 40, I might need to kind of think about the master's categories. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> from this place. Yeah. And yeah. some things I'll also mention around when I stopped and kind of restarted, I started to focus on, um, going out, warming up, keeping my heart rate, like really low, like under a hundred. And I had to go as slow as I could keep under hundred and close some things like closed mouth breathing. Okay. And rhythmic breathing. So my footsteps, counting my footsteps to match my inhale and exhale and, um, some spinal warmups, spine warmup yoga flows that, um, that are not just for the spine, but for warming up breathing. 
And what I'm finding is there's this crazy, as we might know, because it's all exercise physiology, but mm -hmm. um, more oxygen efficiency, the more breath and lungs, you, like lungs you can use, the more oxygen carrying capacity your muscles you can have. And right. I've actually found that in terms of efficiency during running. So when I click into this place where my posture and breathing and rhythm um, is all working together, there's like this effortless effort. And there's yeah. a speed that doesn't require what I used to feel as like a kind of forcing or pushing through and more of a, like every foot map. I just love kind of remembering this and putting into words, but this, um, every foot strike has this power to it on its own because you're, you're free and open and not restricted yep. and have a postural, uh, you know, uh, uprightness required and um this is where i think fluidity becomes more important than even um you know scares me a little bit to say but then even because it could be <laughs> contrary to what we a lot of us uh know and have learned um but fluidity over strength and stability yeah that it kind of learning that side of things and i don't think a lot of people are looking into that at all so no, yeah. that's awesome. And I love that you're not like having any set goals right now. I think that's good. And that you're being honest with yourself that you don't want them. And, um, you, yeah. And that you're enjoying helping others along their way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you're obviously always allowed to change your mind. Like we were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think if I'm honest with myself at this stage and even before kind of the big changes in our lives that happens in the last few weeks. Um, right. I really just wanted to be fit enough to hop into some races and have fun with it. Yeah. Always and it be. feels fun. I also, it's really fun to run fast. Yeah. I'm yeah, fast. it is. And I love the feeling of it. So yeah. I can do it more for that than, than anything else. Then I think that's, I think that's a win. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. And I know I had asked you this before, but I'll ask you because we're on here now, but um, because of the name of the podcast and everything, have you ever, did you ever break five minutes in the mile back when you were in high school or, or in college? I didn't. That would be amazing. I, um, I was telling Kristen earlier, I was, uh, I did in the 1500 in college and then in indoor, I would say I ran like a 510 indoors. Um, Cause that's when you run a 1600, right? Yep. Uh, otherwise I think I focused a lot on the 800. 800 was your, mm -hmm. was your, what was your PR was in the 800? Not that we're focusing on times, right? We're focusing on oh, 220. So yeah, look where my mind goes. I go, Ooh, that's really not that fast because all the <laughs> right. That's why it's bad for us to like, but it, I know, I, it's, it's fun to know from the journey though, from like a standpoint of like, where were you in college and then where did you get? So you were like two twenties you said, in, or two twenty flat. Twenty um, in grad school. Yeah. On the indoor track. That's awesome. Not, yeah. Like I said, not, it's all, I guess it's all relative. Like, what I like to yeah. say, it's all relative. It's Even so relative. so I ran that 250 marathon and I can, to this day, feel, or I'm getting better things to being around more of these older runners who are, have this, uh, wiser mindset. <laughs> right. All right. But I, um, even at 250, I'm like, that's just not, <laughs> that's not that good. You know, it's almost up. I always compare myself up to the people faster and it's right. like, hey, sure. Yeah. And no, I think that's... it's hard also to let go of that might be my fastest marathon. It's hard to let go of that. Cause in my mind, I always thought, no, I, I know I have more ability to show. Yeah. But I don't know that I currently at this stage, or maybe I, maybe I'm, or my body's not ready to, to go there, but um, not wanting to put in what I knew to be necessary to get there. Right. The maybe work. that's different. I like yeah. the, the idea of working smarter, not harder, especially as we right. age. That much yes. more to be smart. And yeah. I have so much experience. So as we age too, we have so much experience that that really counts for a lot when it comes to racing and training. And we really don't need to hammer it out all the time. Right, right. That's a transition a lot of people maybe yeah. come to mind. Where were you? And I guess we're going away and going on the topic. I said, we're not going to go on, but just to give like a good, you know, sense our listeners of like what's possible and stuff. Like where were you at in high school and college, maybe like 5k times. Cause those are pretty relatable. And then you got all the way down to this low 17 time. Where was that progression yeah. at for you? That's a good question. Um, that's it. Yeah. I feel this kind of, I'm just going to share how I'm feeling. Cause I think it's helpful for people to know. Yeah. Um, 
an embarrassment, like, Ooh, it's not that great. But I probably ran, I went to a 4A Colorado high school, which is not the, the biggest, um, like 5A is the biggest and 4A is not quite as okay. cool. And I was probably running like 20s in high school. Okay. Yep. And, um, but I did somehow I won regionals my freshman year and I think all that soccer, like I was doing soccer <laughs> country and all of that. Right. Yeah. In college, I actually got slower before I got faster. Okay. So yeah. I don't remember my time in high school that much. Cause I, I feel like I remember the places a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then, and it was a long time ago. And in college, I, I remember getting slower before I got faster. And I didn't know if it was because we had more cross country courses on grass, like all grass, whereas okay. in school we yeah. had a mix of some like path or maybe a concrete bike path and some grass and some hills. But in college, I, I got slower before I got faster. And I, I think it might've been a shift to more volume. Yeah. Um, looking back, I think as I got more stressed in my upperclassmen years, both, both in high school and then in college, like I always took on, I started taking on more, mm -hmm. <laughs> like at hard classes in high school. Right. And I, my, I think like train, racing and training started to suffer without my realizing it then. And then in college right. too, I took on a lot of extracurriculars <clears throat> and, um, you know, I think that played a role in, in not progressing. So yeah, college, what did I, we still ran 5k at my, my college. Um, uh, probably, you know, not, I don't think I got under 19. Okay. If I did once in college. Yeah. yeah. So then it was a big deal to, so yeah. So I guess when I was marathoning, um, or had more volume, volume. Yeah. Maybe more possible. I had a little more structure if I was working and, and in school. Yeah. Um, I just think that's, it's, cool to see because it's like you know a 20 minute 5k is respectable it's nothing like you know flying fast and then but to get to then a low 17s you know um you know it's yeah. just just good awesome to see what's possible and what's out there since it's kind of what this podcast is about but of course always emphasizing that if it doesn't feel good then that's not it doesn't really matter so um, right, right. I think it's good just to keep everything in perspective. But yeah, yeah. speaking of which, so now was in so low seventeens were I mean a seventeen, eighteen, I was thirty one or thirty two. Okay. That might be nice to hear. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm thirty right now, so it's still possible, right? right? <laughs> yeah. And um and you know, I guess depending on where I was and who I was with, the training the training was different at different stages. Um, yeah, I was doing a lot of have like faster workouts, not necessarily on the track though, yeah. more on, um, like just time-based right? at that point. Yeah. Um, but in the one I did at Boston's 5k the day before the marathon, like one of the first years they had it, that I was doing, a, I was in, yeah, I was on a clinical rotation. So I was doing some um, hills and track stuff. And yeah, I, know, I think we also, I look back at those when I, recovery, I'm just going to say recovery is something I had to always heard, thought I knew, and I think didn't really hone on very well for a long time. Right. Um, but the, the better able I was to not do too much, I think things tended to go well too, as far as time. Right. Also no, I like say, um, so yeah, I was in the 17s my early thirties. Now I'm in my late thirties. Um, but I mean, last year in the last two years, well, last year I did a 4th of July race in 1830 or low 18s. Um, after kind of popping back into some more regular training yeah. the year before that, that off of tw like 20 mile weeks. And it's awesome. <laughs> I was running like 1940. Yeah. And that's where I was saying I was a little lower key, less competitive. And right. um, I, uh, what I, oh, um, just saw what I could do off of not training the way I Right. Had. No. So I was like, oh, oh there's hey, something to that then. That kind of makes sense. And it's kind of like that baseline back to, to college or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Plus in college, I think it's worth noting that you're, uh, in high school, you're, you're doing a race every week. And I think post-collegially, one thing that's nice is not, um, yes, definitely. It's so taxing on the body to race every week. Right. So 
yeah, so you can be a little bit more um, specific about what you're training for. Yeah. And more often than not, I've needed coaches to hold me back rather than to push me forward. Yeah. So that's <laughs> good thing to know about yourself, you know, as far as who's helping you out. I've always right. needed to be like, nope, don't do more. <laughs> yep. Nope. I love it. Uh, awesome. Yeah. And as a, you know, a, the question I want to, you know, end each podcast with is really a two part question. And I asked you about the, you know, the, the five minute mile and that wasn't necessarily ever, I don't think it sounds like like a big goal of yours, but has there ever, and I think from talking, you might know, was there anything that you accomplished, you know, throughout your running, you know, history that you didn't think was possible, but you didn't think was possible, but you accomplished it. Or was it, is it this Olympic trial? Was that your big, you know, big, scary goal? That's a good question. I wonder if I have allowed myself, I guess I, I think I've had, I've gone towards things that I felt were attainable based upon the people I was around and had raced against and knew I was comparable to. Yeah. Miles was kind of, um, something I wanted, I guess I wanted to prove that I could do it or be part of that few, you know, so many people who could say that they were able to do right. it, um, which at this stage, I don't necessarily like that. That's where I see where it was coming from. That that's the reason you wanted to do it. Right. But one, one memory that stands out is back way back to high school after that blood clot medical scare. And I said, I had to, I popped, I had to go through a similar thing when I went off. So it happened in cross country season. I, um, I started playing soccer, went off blood thinners and then had a kind of a recurring experience. So over spring break, I spent the week in the hospital, couldn't play soccer anymore, left, started JV meets and, um, then worked my way up to state and to state somehow in the 800 after some significant advancements around the like conference and regionals or whatever. Okay. But I have this really significant memory of the prelims for the 800, it was that the Air Force, the Air Force Academy track in Colorado, which is this blue track at yeah. probably 7,000 feet of altitude. And my hometown's around 4,600. Okay. So okay. And I was like, it wasn't, I was so, I don't remember how I, I knew I felt determined. Like I really wanted to do well there and, yeah. uh, and overcome this, this fluke setback, kind of like this, I won't let my body get in the way of my aspirations kind of feeling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which um, later as a PT, I would say, well, we got to check that a little bit. But, um, <laughs> but I had this experience of, um, I don't remember what my time was, but I remember it was faster than I'd ever run an 800. And I started and I don't remember the race. I remember feeling like, like this out of body experience where I just, I just did it, you yeah. know, and, um, and made the finals and was so spent that it took me like an hour and a half to recover and <laughs> my breathing rate and heart rate to come back down. And I actually did crappy at fine at the fine, like that was prelims. So I was yeah. last finals cause I couldn't, I wasn't recovered for the right. fight. And, um, but I just remember somehow I, Whereas I tend to be more in this thinking mode. I was just like, not, and yeah. I don't know where it came from. And I don't, I feel like I've spent a long time trying to recreate that, but not necessarily knowing or being able to, yeah. it just happened. But, and it just felt so successful or satisfying, yeah. even though it was not the final, I still felt like, Oh, I placed, you know? And, right. and it was a, and it felt significant because of what had happened leading up to that. And then a second experience, again, um, probably less of an aspiration, but something that where the feeling felt surprised, like it was surprisingly successful yeah. was that 250 marathon where it was an eight minute PR. Okay. I actually ste stepped, thanks to a helpful friend coach, he stepped my goal, um, you know, like I knew I was fast enough to run a low 250. He's like, let's step it back to 255. I'd run a 258. Okay. And, um, and which stepped my, um, pace per mile back a little bit. Yeah. And he, um, gave me the best marathon advice I've ever received, which has to do with be smart. Don't get greedy and have fun out there. Three things to remember. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and, but anyway, so I executed this. I let, so it was really strange. So that meant my, instead of like at 630, I was going for 640s. Yeah. So I, which felt like slow and easy. Cause this is, remember this is like, I'd already run at 258. I was in pretty good shape. Right. I knew I could run a 250, but, um, I put in a lot of long runs that, that summer and fall. And I felt like, um, uh, like everyone's leaving. I'm just kind of, you know, slower, relaxed yep. <laughs> halfway. And, um, I still felt pretty good, but I hit, um, so I was, you know, it was a little uncertain. I was like, Oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Right. But I hit mile 20 and I started passing people. And then I raced <laughs> the last 10 K in six fifteen to six twenty at six fifteen to six twenty. Oh and it felt amazing. That's I was like, awesome. Oh my gosh, I just ran you know, the first 20 miles at what felt like a fairly easy race, not or pace, not that I didn't had some rough patches, uh, around midway and, you know, between half, half marathon and 20 miles. But, yeah. but then I was like, Whoa, I don't know what place I am in as a, you know, for women, but I, I might be up there. I don't even know. I can't tell, but I started passing to people and That's then awesome. yeah, raced a 10 K and <laughs> it was like, it still hurt, you know, cause right. marathon, racing marathon has a, pain to it but it was a different kind where I was like oh my gosh I just executed that so well and it worked and it felt yeah. like you know eight minutes shaved off like that's a huge PR in a marathon so right. um it felt so satisfying and kind of it had a similar tone I guess where it felt it was more planned because it's a marathon not an 800 but right still this like satisfying accomplishment because right it was smarter or had some new thing I hadn't experienced before. Yeah. So I know I shifted from like aspirations, but I'll, I guess I'll mention those two experiences that, um, that are really, have been re are really powerful. Right. Like the experience itself has some, something yeah. to it because not only was it a su successful, but there was something in me that made it. So, right. It's kind of like we wish we could feel every race. Like kind of you had that, that feeling that you wish you could have every race, right? Right. And try to recreate it, which I don't know this possible, but yeah. Um, <laughs> then I, you know, haven't, uh, not quite had that since at least not. Yeah. Yet. But I haven't run many marathons since then. <laughs> You're like, oh. But yeah. And then as like a follow-up then, I think you kind of gave us one answer already is what would be one piece of advice to our listeners on achieving it? So maybe achieving this, this flow, or, I mean, you did give us the, the whole, you know, be smart, don't get greedy and have fun out there. I don't know if that's it, but if you have any other piece of advice towards that. Um, I think, oh, that's okay. Let's see. Yep. Those are my, well, to start, those are, that's my three favorite race goals. <laughs> race, especially for the marathon. Uh, especially for the marathon. Yeah. Don't get greedy. Be smart and have fun out there. Um, and achieving is a funny word. <clears throat> so it almost feels contradictory to say achieving, uh, like mindful place or achieving. Presence. Right. Like right. It's like contradictory. Like, right. Cause we don't, it's, there's, I guess what I'd say about achieving is there's not Imagine if there's not something to achieve. Mm -hmm. So the point of meditating is to meditate. Yeah. The point of running is to run, doing it for its own sake, allowing right. yourself to be in the experience, each and every experience as fully as possible will give you that kind of learning or satisfaction, um, regardless of how the outcome is. Yeah. And if you get to be, um, if you get to, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever it is that excites me. It's like, if you get to um, not be attached to that outcome. Yes. And um, you're free from that making or breaking your race. Right, or your, right. Or your life. Yeah, you're going to enjoy so it regardless. <laughs> it it kind of doesn't matter. But yeah. if you have experienced whatever you've experienced along the way, whether we label it good or bad, you've um gained something yeah some knowledge some uh experience even fitness right just yeah. by just by being in it <clears throat> yeah and finding well, something like about yourself and maybe it's those hard places where you had a, a race a race or outcome 
what that was unexpectedly amazing or unexpectedly not amazing or you know or neither then um i think it's i think it's a little easier to not um judge ourselves for it one way or the other right or that we're good for being faster or bad for not yeah I would say like the number one thing I think that you said was like not be to not be attached to the outcome. I think that would be a, a great takeaway and that really can help with your racing in general. It's just going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy it regardless. And the time isn't what matters. It's the journey like we've talked about. So right. I love it. Practicing non-attachment. And I can almost guarantee you if you focus on the process and the experience throughout your outcome is probably going to be awesome too. Right. Right. Cause you're enjoying it. You're not just, yeah. A little more relaxed. If we focus too much on the other kind of, um, usually hurts us more than helps us. Right. Right. Awesome. I love it. Well, anything else you wanted to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Hmm. Well, if you've been seeing this poster behind me, that's me. It's funny to have a poster of me on the wall, but it's this big, huge it's awesome. thing from when I got to be a Lululemon ambassador. Oh, cool. And they did a photo shoot, and then this big poster was in their store until my ambassadorship was over after two years, and then they give it to you. Okay. And I was like, well, in this apartment, my uh, the only wall I have or something like that can fit is that one. But what's kind of cool is behind those mountains is the actual mountains. Okay out the small window behind it. Yeah, that's really cool. So it's right there. Mountains. So I'm like, it's actually facing in the right direction. The right direction. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a sweet picture <laughs> with the sign and everything. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Colorful too. So, well, where can our listeners find you at? Um, well, you can go to my website at www.boulderColoradoPhysicalTherapy.com. So all, all written out one word, Boulder Physical, Boulder Colorado Physical Therapy.com. And, um, that's probably the best place to find me. That's my, um, that's yellow brick physical therapy. So my physical therapy clinic and on all different ways to find out what I'm doing can be found there, whether it's, um, you know, patient, uh, healing or, um, retreats or events yeah. or other, other things going on you can find there or reach out to me. My email is drlaurajohnson at gmail.com. So it's D-R-L-A-R-A-J-O-H-N-S-O-N at gmail dot com and um i guess to wrap like some some other things i do uh usually when we're not um home <laughs> all in our home right now i'm doing like online uh, telehealth pt sessions as well as um you know cl- uh, classes from home meditation and mobility and strength but um usually i also teach a yoga class mindful mobility related so body work with a ball and water running at a gym in boulder and um you know dabble in some other areas too yeah no i love it so yeah if you're in the boulder area um and need any in-person services any of you know physical therapy or the yoga or the water running definitely check her out and if you're anywhere as she had mentioned um you know just the telehealth but also these retreats which sound really awesome which is open to to anyone and then she has started doing more with uh you know mindful meditation and stuff and with online offerings so um super excited and super excited to see what comes with all of that as well and we'll probably have to get you back on here for more of like a I wanted I want to know your your running story for sure but you know it'd be you'd be a wealth of knowledge for some more stuff on the PT side of things too um do you have any um, social media like handles you want to give out or is that, uh, is the website and the, the Gmail yeah. the best places for you? You can definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm Dr. Laura Johnson at Dr. Laura Johnson, uh, Facebook. I'm Laura Johnson or my business page is Laura Johnson, physical therapy and wellness. I haven't shifted everything to yellow brick yet, but that's coming. Um, yeah. and what else is there? There's LinkedIn. I don't know what, it's my name. No. Most things are my yeah. name. So. That's perfect. You got, you got all like the, you know, classic, even the Boulder, Boulder, Colorado physical therapy, like very just straight to the point. <laughs> I love it. Well, yes, definitely, you know, go follow or on these different platforms and, you know, she gives out, um, as you can follow her journey and as she, you know, kind of embarks upon this, you know, more mindful and meditation journey as well. Um, so I know I enjoy following you. So oh, thanks so much. Awesome. Yeah. I feel, I'm happy to help anyone, especially, 
especially if you're interested in taking a more mindful approach to running or just learning meditation or feel, finding ways to stay calm and grounded, especially in a world where we're really um, taught to and encouraged to be um, doing more all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Do, yeah. It's not as much about the doing and achieving, right? <laughs> not so much about the doing as the being. Being, yes. <laughs> I love it. Make sure you have some time to be. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Laura. I really enjoyed getting to know more about your story, as I'm sure all our listeners have. Um, and I get, I look forward to getting to connect more too. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to my, I felt like I had a lot to share. So thanks for having me on. It's been such a pleasure. And I, I love, um, gosh, it's been such a joy to talk about running and the journey that it is. So yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes. And we have more in common than you think. There's a couple other stories too. I was like, Oh, I can relate to them. My first marathon was similar too. I, I didn't train for it. So <laughs> I was just like, Oh, we have so many things in common. So wow. <laughs> awesome. like I, said, I don't recommend that. For <laughs> Me neither. I tell people that too. I'm like, I don't recommend this. This is how I did it. <laughs> One quick aside. Um, so I was living in Boston. I had to take the commuter rail train into the city because I was living about a 15 minute train ride outside on the commuter rail. But you had to go down to the platform, down a whole like long flight of stairs to the platform. So after I got back from that marathon, my legs were like, you know, marathon legs, it's hard to go downstairs anyway, but I <laughs> just like, were so, my quads were so dead. So it was a yep. real crash course in marathon recovery. <laughs> You're like, yep, this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, Especially yeah. there walking around, not driving around. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is not fun. Nope. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to chatting more. You too. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally breaking five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram, and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.